What's up, you guys? Welcome to another episode of the Excellent Podcast. I'm just giving you guys a quick note on this particular episode. Let's hope that I don't keep continuing notes like these. But um, there's a little bit of a weird audio issue at the 44 minute and five second mark, as well as the one hour and like 38 minute mark. Um, it's really weird. It's like something that happens to Trent's voice. Trent is is the guest today. Uh, for this episode and I don't know what was going on but the audio issue makes him sound like a robot and then it like fades out eventually so just that note feel free to skip past that and uh, yeah I hope you guys enjoy this uh, this week's episode. Hello everybody welcome back to another episode of the excellent podcast I'm your cinematic host Stefan Whitaker the head honcho at SW Films. And today we have a very special guest. We have a person who is one of the only people who I knew when I was living back in Angola, Indiana, who was doing video uh, as well as me. And that was awesome. And he's he's done a lot of amazing stuff as far as just curating history for, for Angola and Steuben County and, and just really... Uh, really giving a lot of feels and vibes to people that a lot of people may not really understand. And I've finally brought him on the podcast to talk to talk to him and, and have a conversation about all the amazing stuff that he's done. Mr. Trent Lewis. Uh, don't let me tell it. Speak to your excellence, Trent. How are you doing first and foremost uh, on this beautiful what's today? This we're recording this on a Thursday. How are you doing on this Thursday? Hey, thanks for having me on. Um, great, great to be here. I'm doing excellent. It's, uh september it's time for fall time for the weather to cool down so oh yeah absolutely well at least for at least for you in indiana and here in california (laughs) yeah for me in california i think uh i think it's 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 cool a little bit today today i think it's only going to be a high of like 70 or something but it's uh it's actually been it's been hotter in indiana than it has been over here most of the time really you know and more humid Yeah, yeah no it's been it's been way worse when it comes to the heat over there i've been there i was there recently and uh, the heat was absolutely one of the worst things i've ever had to fucking deal with in indiana <laughs> for a while um okay, we can humidity- cuss them, right we can cuss on yeah. your podcast <laughs> oh yeah no absolutely 1000 percent. Right. um but yeah no it was so 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 hot in indiana and here uh it's not as bad so, you know here it's kind of decent unless you go to like la or if you go to like san jose then then you're starting to talk about a little bit more heat but um but yeah man speak to your excellence trent speak to all the amazing stuff you do kind of briefly introduce yourself um to everyone who's listening and watching on the podcast well like stefan said i'm trent and uh i grew up in angola uh actually my family um had a farm um that I kind of grew up on here. Let me, can I start over there? Hey, go ahead. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't think I want to say that. Well, thanks, Stefan. Uh, I'm Trent, like, like you said, and I grew up in Indiana and I grew up around cornfields. Really. My, my whole family had, um, had farming area that we grew up on. We were literally surrounded by cornfields and, mm-hmm. Um, I went to a small high school called Prairie Heights and, uh, how I got into video was they had a TV class that would broadcast through the whole, um, through the whole class. And we, we thought it was a huge deal back then. Like this was the bit, 
the big deal if you could read announcements over. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So there's a t- there's a big box TV in every room in the corner. So uh, the seniors would always get to get up there and they would read the read the announcements. Um, I I didn't really take take the class till my senior year, and we were we were doing m- music videos and we got to edit all these different things. It was really fun. So uh, that's how I got into editing and, and one of my and video and my cousin his name is gordon Grable. he was a mentor of mine he i worked on his farm when i was little uh i used to tassel corn and bale hay and bale straw and he was a he was a coach for your for many years at prairie heights but he was also a guidance counselor then nice and he said you know what do you want to do with your life so I said, well, I think I want to do something with video or I like doing video. And then back in the nineties, there was really one Avenue for that. And you had to be in uh, broadcasting. You had to be in TV. So uh, he said, well, here's some colleges that, that you might be interested in for, for video production and broadcasting. So I looked at some colleges and I ended up going to Vincennes university and they had a two-year program for broadcasting, which I got my degree in, and in sales as well. And in the late '90s, I got my first job. My first job in television was uh, the you're the lowest person on the totem pole. So, yep. <clears throat> that job is a production assistant, basically. No, well, it's even lower than that. A PA is lower. So, uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's called master control operator. Uh... You know what a master control operator does. <laughs> is watches the screen, watches, watches the TV. And when the commercials start running, you manually put the brakes in. That's your job. <laughs> uh, okay. More technical. <laughs> yeah. Not much to it. Cause uh, we had a machine with a bunch of tapes that did all the work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you press play. It's all pre-ran. Like all the thing we had to do is barcode the ads and stuff. So that was my first job. And I was trying to get in, uh, to be a PA there, but they were so small back then. It was Fox 55, by the way, mm. my first job. And they had a, I don't know if you remember this, they had a kid's shooting called Happy's Place that was on. I don't know. You might be too young for that. Do you remember that? Kid's Place. What what year did Happy's that run? Place. Or Happy's Place. What what year did that run? That started in the 80s, and they, they quit running it in probably 2000. Uh, yeah, probably, they, I'm probably yeah. too young for that, most likely. <laughs> but that was all, that was the only original show they did there that was local. Um, uh, they didn't have news, so there was Happy's Place, and um, the last year I was there, that they quit doing that. So that had like a 15, 17 year run. Okay, they actually, I still have a following on Facebook. So, but the wow. original there was like four or five different. It's called Happy the Hobo. <laughs> Yeah, but he would interview the kids. Basically, right. the kids walk in line, he'd interview them. So <laughs> that's interesting. That kind of sounds like uh, some of those really like I'd have to check it out. But there's there's usually those old PBS like kid shows that would come out, and they're very like they have this really happy go lucky character in the story. That's really one of the creepiest damn things yeah, you've sure. ever seen. You know, <laughs> I don't know why yeah. that, that yeah, I think of old- that. Yeah, back in the old, old days, there was a 
there's someone called Bozo the Clown. I don't know if you heard of that. Yeah, yeah, I remember Bozo. All the, it's kind of like a, it was a shoot off of that. So everybody had a clown. That, <laughs> you know, and clowns are you now creepy. Now they're in horror stories <laughs> and horror movies. Right. But back then, yeah. you know, clowns are innocent and, <laughs> and fun. Right. Until until John Wayne Gacy popped up, until the serial killer John Wayne Gacy popped up, then I think that's when people yeah. realized clowns and Pennywise. You know, once they yeah, when up, it came out, uh, when that book came out. <laughs> anyway, so that's all. I realized there was that place was going nowhere. They had, um, they basically had, they were going to have news. The happiest happiest place thing. There was no production to do. Basically, they were mm-hmm. cutting. They're cutting promos off Fox. So Fox would, would bring in their promos and all you do is was cut it out and clip it. I mean, any, anybody could do that. Right. Um, so I, I left there and I started at uh, 33, Channel 33. Same job, but it was third shift, which was worse. I don't know if you ever worked third shift, yeah. but it's awful. It's so, I mean, I've, um, let's say that sometimes on these film shoots I've worked, sometimes they could be considered third shift, but a third yeah. shift in terms of nine to five type stuff uh, and factories or stuff like that is yes. I've heard that's very awful. I've never had that experience. Oh yeah. Especially here. It's awful. Yeah. In a TV station by yourself, no one's there. <laughs> and yeah. the room is like 60 degrees and <laughs> you got a sweatshirt and you have to watch TV. So a lot of times right. you're not <laughs> yeah that has to be awful i i third shift i heard is not fun but i've heard i've heard i've i've had heard the the conversation that second shift could be deemed worse but yeah i guess it depends you know you know yeah. where you are in your life but uh oh but yeah i got actually got fired there um oh wow and it wasn't i think i called in sick once and after that they they let me go and then they got bought out by 21 right after that so ah wow okay interesting <laughs> yeah interesting but but i really didn't learn anything and I, it didn't feel like i was going going anywhere so i i started doing a cable access show on on fort wayne because I, I was living i live in fort wayne now but um uh, when i moved to fort, i moved to fort wayne to, to try this broadcasting career you know i already worked at two of the five stations already yep um so I started doing this public access show. I mean, it was very bad. It was poorly produced, but at least I was doing something. I thought it was funny. Like yeah, I was doing kind yeah. of the edgy comedy then, which was, <laughs> it wasn't very funny. <laughs> but back then I thought it was, and me and my right. friends, were, and, you know, at least I was doing something with it. Mm-hmm. And I got to meet a, there's a whole group of access people that you've never seen. They do these wrestling shows and it's crazy. Like it's, it was like pre YouTube. Is yeah. what people used to do. Wow. It'd be all these weird kind of shows, <laughs> weird people doing these different kinds of things. And they have a slot on public access because uh, it was free. You could right. all the equipment's free. You could uh, rent, rent a, you don't, have, you don't have to rent. You could just book out a editing bay and, and edit. So, Wow. That's awesome, man. That's great. I think, you know, there's actually a person I've worked with. Shout out to uh, Jeff Landis, who's out of Fort Wayne. I've worked with him. Uh, a few times and he had he had an interview show that he had on public access tv and he would oh, interview yeah uh, if you look him up on facebook I, most people he's he's definitely a pretty well-known person um he's been in one of he's been in a music video i i directed and shot one time 
Yeah. But yeah, he runs an interview. I forget what his interview segment was, but I remember I got interviewed by him one time, two different times, I believe. And then he's interviewed people like certain people in the WWE realm. He's kind of done stuff like that. So that's why it kind of reminds me oh, that's cool. of him. But yeah, I've, I've seen a little bit of the public access world a little bit as far as some of the studios. Like I know the library in Fort Wayne uh, has like that's a whole studio. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that's always kind of cool to see. I think that's like a cool opportunity for a lot of people especially nowadays because that can that gives them access to that kind of world you know yeah which because is, which is great yeah you gotta think back then nobody had cameras on their phones or cameras uh anywhere you just you know you'd have to have some kind of money or something so it was an interesting way to you know get your get a hold of a camera and, and try something right yes yeah, it's, it's wild to think about like cameras back then felt like a luxury item you know yeah, and um and they're big and bulky. You had to hold them on your shoulder. You got a tape loader on it. I it's mean, wild. Something <laughs> else. Well, I so, think you yeah. kind of you kind of answered my first first part of it as far as like what is it that you do professionally and stuff like that. Um, and it, and it's great that you talked about your background with broadcasting and kind of getting into that world because now that you brought up Fox fifty five and then got brought up, bought out by twenty one, which I believe is still. The low is that the local news still one of the local news is news stations. Yeah, for- Channel thirty three and twenty one merged in uh, in the early two thousands, late nineties, I think. So yeah, they yeah. they're still owned by the same company, which was bought out again by another company recently. So yeah, that's great. And then of course there's Wayne fifteen, which they've yeah, always been around. Chance- <laughs> yeah wayne, wayne is i think one of the more prominent ones i guess when it comes to angola fort wayne just that whole northeast indiana kind of area um but with with all of that then with how you started doing broadcasts and how all that built into it and i don't know if you had finished your your story there but yeah i was just about as, to wrap it up but if, if i could um i ended up at pbs yeah. that's that's where i was headed for this yeah so PBS, i became a um, I started as a master control operator, but after four or five years, I finally got to be a PA. So that's what I really wanted to do. So I got to work on sets. I got to um, set up cameras, um, you know, be in documentaries uh, and help out. So basically that's what, where my journey, I really feel started that the other stuff was, was just introductory. I didn't really learn much other than pushing buttons. But yeah. at PBS, I really learned from people that were actually, you know, producing, directing, um, how a live show works, all that stuff. You know, that's that's where you kind of, you know, that's where I really learned how to produce a documentary. Um, I think we did about five or six there when I was at PBS. Yeah. So all the research that goes involved in that, all the writing, um, all the interviews you have to do, and then um, taking all those interviews. Uh, script them all out, write them all out, form them into a huge, it's just like, and people don't understand what goes into documentaries, but I was really impressed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I hit 30 and PBS doesn't pay very well. And I just recently got married and ended up moving back to Angola. So this is kind of where um, I I decided to go on my own. So i I worked at PBS for five years. Um, there was nothing in Angola at the time. Nobody was doing video. There was, there was a place in Auburn that was doing it. Um, <clears throat> and I was working in this place in Coldwater that, 
that 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 did uh, public access and least access on on the cable. And I was like, well, heck, mm. I could I could do that in Angola. Right. So I called some people, and basically they they gave me access right uh, right by Lake James. There there's a little uh, Mediacom little box there mm-hmm. that they gave me a, a VCR and DVD player. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that was in 2004, and then. In 2005, I launched 101 Lakes Network, Channel 20, and then that's how it started. Yeah, man, that's awesome. That is really, really cool just to hear that story because I I, uh, I remember when I came home from uh, from college in 2016, and I think maybe maybe when I was in high school, I graduated high school in 2014. So I I, I believe during that time, I may have heard about 101 Lakes Network and all that stuff uh during that time but i know for sure when i when i came back home um it was like one of my goals at the time i said okay i'm gonna work with the i'm gonna work with the company i'm gonna do a commercial for somebody and we're gonna get it put on channel 20 and all that and then uh it's funny it actually popped up on my facebook recently about um a memory popped up saying how can i get on one-on-one lakes network and then I think you commented on it and you had said, well, one of network is not around anymore, all this kind of stuff. And, and you were just switching, but we'll get into that soon, but that's yeah, amazing. Sure. So that's really cool. Just to just story, just to hear about specifically with, um, with one-on-one lakes network and just how you got into that realm, I guess what, I mean, with that start though, what interested you into really wanting to take that step into video? Like, composed opposed to everything else that you were doing before then that you were kind of interested in you know doing these different jobs before you got into hopping in hopping into the you know broadcast world like what really interested you uh to want to stay and and pursue this dream well, I, of doing video? yeah well i figured it, i'm in angola i might as well do what i like do what i love so i mean just yeah. because i'm in a small town it doesn't mean i can at least try try something and at Absolutely. least build a business off of it. So that, that was the goal because if you work for somebody else, um, they can only pay you so much. So you're, you kind of reach a ceiling. And then once you hit the ceiling, you can't go. So your motivation is, is what? Is it, is it money or, or what? But you're stopped at, at where your employer or whoever you're working for is, is going to hold you back in a way. I mean, not, not all, but, mm-hmm. and for me, I couldn't get a company uh, to do that. Like there was, there's newspaper and radio in that town. That's it. Um, yeah. So how about doing video and, on a channel that, that people might be curious about what's on it. So one of the first things I use my PBS thing. The first thing I wanted to do is like, I want to do a documentary. It's like, I've never done one myself. I've always assisted on them. I was like, I'm going to, I'm just going to do it. So I did, <clears throat> I started writing the history of Pekaka State Park. So that was my first documentary in 2005. That's great. Um, so I talked to some people at the Pekaka State Park, uh, excellent guy named Fred Woolley. He was an interpreter there for 30 years. He's probably the smartest guy. If you walk out in nature, anything, anything you want to hear, he, he can hear and knows what bird it is. So he just, pointed out oh that's a red wing blackbird <laughs> <laughs> crazy that's crazy he, he knows the whole history of the park so and yeah he's a storyteller i was like you know what you're you're a perfect 
narrator for a documentary I want to do. And he goes, yeah, you know what? I got all this, uh, I got all this 1930s footage of Pokagon State Park. I was like, you yeah. do? Like, yeah, it's on, it's on videotape. I was like, sweet. And I need to get a hold of that. And he has uh, an hour worth of old footage from the 1930s of, of the Pokagon State Park in Potawatomi Inn. When I first put the, uh, excuse me, they first put the slide up, which was, uh, mm-hmm. was done in the 1930s during the Great Depression. They built that slide. So, and there's footage of it when it was just mm-hmm. at infancy. So, anyway, that took about three months, and that's what I launched the channel with. I thought, what a perfect way. If so that's wants a great to way it. to start it. That's a great way to start it. For the people who are listening and watching who don't know what Pokagon State Park is. So, most of my people who, who follow me and all that know I'm from Angola, but they might not know about Pokagon. Pokagon is a state park in Angola, Indiana. Everybody who's grew up in Steuben County and even a outside of indiana and all that have have came there and yes i would agree Trent. that is a, a great way to kick off the channel that is that is a great way to do that and then uh all of a sudden like buzz started forming and then i i can tell you i i had i had no sponsors then <laughs> yeah <laughs> but i was still working on the side so but by the end of the month i had about 10 sponsors and then i was ready to go then i quit my job <laughs> wow. that's crazy so wait what job are you doing outside of doing the the video work oh bet when i first started the channel yeah so like i was telling you there's a place in Coldwater called q1 video i was working at i was an editor okay. there and um they were doing they got they gave me the idea of doing an angola because they were doing the same thing well wow. the, the only difference is they pretty much bring people in their studio and talk. And I thought, I was like, this is boring. You know? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Even though we're kind of <laughs> doing the same thing. But however, you know, they were doing this on TV every show. And they had one guy. Um, and I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying that's, that gives you a perspective. There's a guy who would actually, he would read, he would read the Coldwater newspaper. He would read the top headlines. Oh, and that yeah. was a show. <laughs> Interesting. So, I thought I was like, how can we do this better is, is to do field work, is to get on the field, talk to people, you know, be outside, um, you know, just cover events. Like, and then we started covering the parades uh, every year for 10 years, I think. Or the July parade, <clears throat> any kind of events going angle, like, mm-hmm. um, like Bill Clinton spoke in angle. I got to record that. Oh, wow. That was, uh, well, yeah, I probably wasn't born for that. Never mind. Hey, you, were, <laughs> <There> was, <laughs> you were around then. It was uh it was 2008. Okay, I was around, yeah. But <laughs> I definitely I definitely wasn't old enough to even remember that he was in in Angola. That's pretty wild. Oh, that that's a, a moment to capture, yeah. Yeah, it's a history lesson because um Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton were running for president on the Democratic side. Mm-hmm. Indiana became a huge battleground state that year. Yeah. And so Bill Clinton was everywhere. He was in Kenneville. I mean, this is kind of funny to say he's in Kenneville. He's at Auburn. He's all over the place. That's crazy. That's wild. Yeah. So, so with, with one-on-one lakes network, right. And you, that that's first of all, just a very inspirational story for, I feel like a lot of people who, who want to get into something and they're working these other jobs. And even, even if it is, 
you're in that field that you're interested in. You're working in that field, but you're not the head of something in that field. You know what I mean? Where you want to take a step back, leave that fucking job and do your own thing. I think that's, I think that's really great. Um, That's kind of something that I kind of, it's almost a similar situation, even though I feel like for most of the time when I started working out in the industry, I was started out working by, for myself only. And then yeah. kind of have gone on to these bigger projects where I'm, you know, now it's like, okay, I might be a PA or I might be an assistant director. It's like, I'm not the number one person at the top of things, but I, you know, I'm still in my field and I'm making great money. So I can't complain, but, and I'm, and I'm working towards getting to being the director, the producer and all that kind of stuff. But on when it comes to one-on-one leaks network so like so that's first of all that's a great way to kick off the channel going on pokegan you know doing this whole documentary about pokegan i think that's actually amazing like in the sponsors right so what what i guess what were the sponsors that you had that kind of that that came off after that first month of, of running the channel uh what specific sponsors or, or yeah because i well i think a better question is do those because one-on-one lakes network first of all the name in itself uh is very specific to steuben county which a lot of people steuben county has 101 lakes apparently i haven't seen all 101 i've seen probably about like 20 or 10 or something <laughs> but uh one-on-one lakes network That's funny, so like the, go ahead i was thinking we were doing we were running show ideas years ago and one of those was to find the 101 lakes. <laughs> ah, right. Yeah. I've honestly thought the same damn thing. I was like, do I want to do like, I've, I've thought about doing like a drone shot of every single lake uh, yeah. in county or something. Yeah, I have too. Uh, exactly. Yeah. You know, but um, so uh, with the name being so specific to Steuben County and Angola and all that kind of stuff, like um, did those sponsors, did all of those sponsors come from Steuben County or were they, were there some that was outside of Indiana? Well, mostly, outside obviously. Of that? They're, they're mostly they were for the most part i'm thinking in totality mm-hmm. um, mostly were people in and fremont um because the, the cable reach was it's really specific you had to have mediacom that's the that was the one drawback behind having it i couldn't reach the whole county i could only reach people that had cable so i was right. competing against cable direct tv dish network and then people that didn't have cable um mm. so back then we had there was about 8,000 subscribers of cable. So that's about, that was my reach. So whenever I went out and sold, I would say uh, Sioux County has 8,000 subscribers to Mediacom, which includes Fremont, Angola, all the lakes. And uh, <clears throat> yeah, so there were specific people outside uh, of the county. Like the, I remember there was a coffee house in Coldwater. She wanted to get all the lake people because there wasn't really a coffee house in Angola at the time, um, there was, but uh, there was one downtown once. But yeah. Anyway, so you, those those are the type of sponsors I was getting. People that wanted, not so much wanted to, uh, <clears throat> wanted what do you call it? ROI, return on investment. They, they just right. wanted to. They want to be part of it because they saw we were doing different, putting different things on, putting unique th- things on. That about that was about the area, which includes history, sports, um, you know, anything going on in the community. So yeah, that's great. So uh, with with that, at first, right? I mean, of course, you worked at the place in Coldwater. Did it? 
did you know specifically that you wanted to cater specifically to Steuben County, to Angola? Like, is that the type of con, like the content within one-on-one Lakes Network, you wanted to cater specifically to Angola, to Steuben County? Was that the initial goal when you started the channel? Yeah, absolutely. Because that's why it had to be. Otherwise, um, there wouldn't be much interest in it if I was covering something nationally, but this was specific for this county. For sure. <clears throat> that's right. So, with that, right, the, like some of the things I have, I'm subscribed to one or let's tell all now, but I'm, I've been subscribed for a while yeah. and watching out, watching the different videos. Like one of the videos that always amazes me the most, I think, is the video showing uh, driving through Angola at like in the, I don't know if it was like in the 80s or something or 70s. Yeah, and find the video. I'm going to link, I'm going to link the video, but man, that video is, is wild to me because I wasn't born. My family was my mom and my dad and all. And I think my brother, my brother's going to kill me for this, but I think he was born at the time, but he was super young, but like just seeing how it was. And then asking my mom, like, yo mom, do you remember this? Like, do you remember seeing there was a, there was a, they had the adult theater. Do you remember that? They had the adult theater, right? Where Kmart used to be. There was a, there was a, there was a putt putt by there. And I think it was whole, <laughs> I think it was whole six or seven. You could see, I mean, it's like amazing that there was actually that's triple funny. Up. Yeah. I mean, that's hilarious. That is by the putt putt. I didn't know all that. That's, that's actually kind of, that's the funniest shit. That's I've probably where Walmart about. is. That's where the putt putt was or, or yeah. Right in front of Walmart would be now is where the yeah. putt putt was. Oh, wow. That's yeah, funny. When it came our, yeah. So that's an interesting story too, because that video, um, I had no idea about, about it until uh, Larry Bassett. He's a, he's a realtor in the area and he's actually one of my clients. And then he, he helped, he was helping us looking for a house at the time yeah. when we were looking for a house. Cause I was living in Fremont. I was trying to get into Angola. Uh, we ended up not moving for, for different circumstances, but he was looking at some houses and he, he told me about this. It's like, you, you gotta, you gotta get that to me like as soon as possible. Yeah. So you got the tape on it. It was, it was like the same thing as the, the documentary on uh, Pokega state park is when I showed that. And then mm-hmm. I put it on YouTube and every, it, it, you know, I wouldn't say it, it was a viral or anything, but it was just for the area. It, it was, was huge. Really enjoyed it. Yeah. It's huge. Cause people like that's, there's something, there's something special about, being in an environment and then really getting like a look back in time in that environment that you're currently living in. Like, I think that is something super special, especially for people who live in a small town like Angola and seeing that I thought was really awesome. And there's a, there's a bunch of videos on the channel that is like that, but when it comes to getting, yeah, go ahead. 1930s. That was probably the first, first film of Subang County probably ever existed. 1930s yeah and i i don't know the whole story behind it because it, it seems like it seems like they mapped out they mapped it out they it looks like a well-to-do guy like he's this rich rich white dude he's like kind of big i mean they all dress like kind of nice back then and then they're they're map they got a map of stupid county they're pointing at it and then they yeah. they um, you didn't put suitcases inside the trunk then in the thirties, I guess you just put them on the side of your car and just take off. And they went to the lake and the yeah. first shot on the mound is I, I've, I've been up there. I don't know if you have or not, but um, you have to get permission from 
the Superman County commissioners, <clears throat> but you can yeah. get up into the, into the Superman County courthouse and you can shoot down on the mound. I, I did that like three times. Yeah. And that guy, that guy did the same thing back in the 1930s, that same shot. Wow. That's crazy. Now I actually have gotten from the mayor one time, my mom, my mom knows the mayor and is really good friends with the mayor. And then everyone yeah. knows my uncle, John, John day, who's everybody knows. Right. Right. Yep. Um, yep. So I, I got permission once and I really wanted to do something like for a music video there, but I, it ended up never happening, but I I've seen those different shots like on Facebook and, and other stuff like that. And those, that's amazing. I have to watch the 1930s one. Cause I don't think I've ever seen that. That's even before my mom was born. So I'd actually like to see, how yeah, is how I, that is my mom was born too so yeah that's that's insane so <laughs> cool. they go to tri-state and then they go to the lake they're actually on the lake and the people are um people have bath caps on they're they're jumping off the uh back in the day uh Bledsoe's beach was huge it was like the biggest thing going on like james mm-hmm. there's a you have dan- dances and all kinds of stuff going on wow so that's like, yes. and there's parts of that too and they used to do live <clears throat> they did they did li- li- like live radio broadcasts from Bledsoe's Beach. So wow. back in the back in that day, that was a big thing to have live broadcasts of radio. So that's crazy, man. Just just to even hear about the differences is is nuts, right? So with all that with all of that crazy footage, right? How do you how do you usually obtain obtain that footage? Because I I think that's something from old archival footage, like. Me personally, you know, doing some of the projects I've done, sometimes I've wanted to get old archival footage from stuff. And, and the, the easiest way, at least at the budgets that I've usually had, is sometimes, you know, you can find certain stuff on YouTube and, 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 and like, you know, take the link and get that video transferred over. But most of the times for stuff like a super, super old like that, that has to be a process. Like, was it, was it hard to get those types of pieces of footage? Yeah, the uh, the 1930s footage was, well, I got it by pure accident. It's only because I saw it when I was at PBS. We were look, working on a documentary. Yeah. And Todd Grimes was a producer. I was a PA. Uh, hey, Todd. He still works at PBS, by the way. He's a good friend of mine. Shout out, um, Todd. <laughs> and he went to Angola also. He graduated in the 80s. Oh, wow. Um, and we were reviewing some footage for, um, we were doing a documentary or he, he was doing a history historical part um, of Smithfield. Smithfield is a small airport in Fort Wayne. And mm-hmm. uh, during uh, the mid two thousands, they were thinking about shutting it down and uh, for every reason uh, it's still running today, but uh, we, we thought this was a good story to, to tell. So the aviator, his name was Smith. Well, we got all this archive footage from the Fort Wayne Historical Society and attached mm. to it was all that footage that I was talking about from the 1930s of Angola. And then Todd, wow. Todd was reviewing it. It was on a reel to reel, like a big, big two inch, one inch reels. Yeah. And, and we had to transfer it off to another tape format. And he goes, Trent, you got to see this. This is Angola. I was like, holy shit. Like, I've never <laughs> seen anything like this. 1930. And the funny, the funny scene, and maybe you can clip this in. Um, watching that footage, someone actually pulls out in front of someone on the mound, even back yeah. then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That's funny. Th- but that's yeah, wild. I mean, it just had to be the right right place, right time. Uh, a lot of that footage I found was just just because I, I asked and I was doing a documentary. And then uh, the thing with Larry, that was 
<clears throat> he's the one that recorded it. So shout out to Larry wow. for that 1980s that's, footage. So. That's great. So, I mean, I guess you've definitely built up um, certain relationships and connections with people to be able to get this footage. Cause I, cause I, I think one of the good things about uh, this generation, I guess, or even the, 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 the in- introduction into like YouTube, right. Which we're also going to get into that as well. Cause you said, you mentioned something about channel 20 and then how YouTube that was kind of pre YouTube times. So I want to get into that as well, but you had to build up these connections, I imagine, and relationships with these people to get this footage and, and these, these nostalgic pieces of like history. Like you've obviously kind of built that up with certain people around the community. Yeah. Um, once I started airing some of these, I, I think I, I started when Facebook started, I, I did a call out a couple times of, of basically I, I would say I would transfer your film. If you got any old footage of Sumant County. Um, and I only think one person took me up on that. Um, but there's, there's a guy that did a book called history of, um, <clears throat> history of like James, same thing. He got a hold of me and said, Hey, I, I found some, I've been doing research on this book of history of like James. Um, mm-hmm. God, I can't think of his name. And her name is her name is Flame, I think. I got a copy of that book somewhere. But they they asked for the footage that I got permission to use if I could use it. I said, I said it's not it's not for me to keep from anyone. It's it's for, for it's for everyone. It's not for me to you know you to say yes or no. Yeah, absolutely, you can use it. Um, but in return, he's like, I've got some footage for you. And it was the same thing. He, I gave him some of that footage I was telling about the thirties footage of Sumac County of, of, of Lake James and Clear mm-hmm. Lake. And he sent me all this, all these old family films that were transferred. And this is of Lake James Christian assembly, which has a huge history, by the way. Wow. Um, they used to, <clears throat> they used to, the train used to stop there at the Lake James Christian assembly before it was a, a camp. All the trains would unload there. And we, we have actually footage of this. All the people would get on the boat and they would disperse out to the cottages. That's how you'd get there. Wow. What? <laughs> and you see the footage of they're hanging off the top and stuff. It's like, it's crazy. That's <laughs> wild. What, what year was that? Like, oh, man, that could be the early 20s, late wow. 30s, maybe. Because uh, <laughs> the roads weren't developed. And they used to have mail. They used to, mail used to go around by boat. Wow, that's crazy. That's crazy to think about. Mail by the boat. Like yeah. it makes sense, but it's also just insane to think about that. That's crazy. Wow. And this that's... footage, this footage I found, and you and you'd be impressed. These these guys were making their own films back then. It was something called Loch Ness on Lake James. And they made these little films and they were doing reverse film, like they like they're jumping off and they're reversing the film back. So they're wow. going back up. <laughs> Was, that's awesome yeah they were they were making films back then <laughs> that's insane that's so cool that's just that's just amazing to hear those stories i mean with all the amazing like footage and stuff that you've got from that time was there something that you've seen that like really amazed you like what's what's one of the things that you've either personally captured yourself well actually both things like events or things that you personally captured that you were the most proud of and also things that you had gotten footage wise or archi- archival wise that you were just like kind of blown away by. Wow. That's tough, man. 
Uh, I'm, I'm cheating now. I'm looking at my YouTube channel. <laughs> Take your time. It's all good. There's a lot of stuff there. I mean, you, like, there's just so much amazing stuff that a lot of people wouldn't imagine, you know, that's on that channel who are from Angola. People would be surprised to see it. So, I mean, take your time. Look at all the stuff that you've got. I know, there, I know there's some stuff that is just, that had to be kind of, you know, um, that had to be just mind-blowing for you to kind of like realize like, wow, this is something that I got for the channel or this is something that I never knew was even a part of Angola's history or Steuben County's history. Situations well, like that. Uh, there's, there's, there's a house in Fremont, which we did a history, historical tour over. And it's still there. It still exists. It's right by the tracks. It is, um, we did a whole, uh, we spent at least two hours there. I wish I could remember the name of the guy that owned it, but it was built. It's the oldest house in Sumac County. I, I'm guessing. Don't quote me on that. But mm. now, what, what people don't know about Sumac County is um, there's a there there's an abolitionist history in Sumac County um, mm. that most people don't know about. Um, there were a lot of people there in the Underground Railroad. Um, mm-hmm. So. For a little history lesson, the, the slaves would travel at night during so they could they so that they would not be caught because they had the fugitive slave law back then, where actually slaveholders slave captures could actually go into the north and and return the slaves back. Yeah. And so there were lights that they would put, and this is a huge house, and there's 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 hidden walls and stuff where um, the slaves would hide during the day. Um, so they they'd hide in the walls during the day. So yeah. that was one of the stops is this, is this house in Fremont that still exists today. It's, 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 it's amazing history. It's three, wow. three stories, three stories. There's, there's a lady that did a whole background on, there was at least, I think she counted at least 20 houses that were abolitionist houses. Yeah. That were on the underground railroad. So kind of amazing thing uh, to find out about, you know, just right. a little free. Yeah, that's that's crazy. I see you have a little friend behind you. <laughs> There's someone peeking oh, out. That's pretty funny. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, but yeah, no, that's actually, I think I've heard a story. I, I've definitely known about the Underground Railroad in it, uh, in Steuben County. Um, a specific house, yeah, no, I think that's kind of news to me. I See, I'd have to ask my mom. She knows a lot of the history um, with that, as well as uh, there's another lady who works at Trine, who knows a lot, Debbie McHenry, all the, those folks all kind of know a lot of different yeah. stuff, but yeah, that's, that's really amazing. I mean, that's something that has to be wild, but that, that was something that you actually captured, I guess. Was there anything that footage wise that you gained from somebody that was kind of surprising to you? Yeah, I think seeing that, um, the, the 1987, cause I actually grew up then. So that was kind of, an, that was, that was a great find to find. Yeah. I mean, all, all the old stuff is, is cool, but the 81 was, was more nostalgic for me. Uh, so. Yeah. It felt good to kind of, yeah, yeah, really, really to bring you back to that time too, especially. Right. Like I feel like watching that and realizing like, Oh, I was around in this time. Like it kind of brings back a little bit more nostalgia for you. I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. That's great. This is, a, this is a small thing, but. 
there were like there were four boys in 2010 2011 that that died in a i'm sure you yep you're, you're Al- alex yeah alex bauer uh riley zimmer um yep. evan and matt yeah i was i was a freshman then and then i played football with both alex bauer and riley zimmer um and my friend austin we were in the same grade that was his older brother alex had passed yeah i remember that absolutely yeah so um but but being part of that was you know during a tragic time like that was really kind of i thought really brought the whole community together again yeah tragedy like that and i actually got to um just by chance i i asked the school if i could do anything and they they let me come in and record one day and i and some of the students came came up to me and i said look i'm not gonna interview you i said the mic the mic's yours the floor's yours and they just all these students just one by one just came up and just you know just talked to the mic for we were there for like three hours wow I was, yeah <clears throat> that's crazy i never knew that you like came to the actual high school and everything yeah yeah i came to high school and and I think uh, the principal at the time allowed, allowed me to do that. And I, and I just told the kids like, Hey, I'm not going to interview. I'm just, you, if you want to say anything about, about your friends, just go ahead. And one by one, they got, I'm surprised how much they shared and talked about it, but that was, that was a really neat thing to be part of. Um, maybe get them some small, small help during a uh, difficult time. You know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, that was that's yeah, that was definitely a, a crazy time. And it's and it's been over 10, 11 years, which is which is insane. Cause I, I definitely remember it where I was, everything I was doing during that time. Um, yeah, that was yeah. definitely a crazy time. Yeah, um, yeah. I started covering sports. We, we, we started you know, really we used to cover, used to cover trying, trying, trying sports. sports. High school, high school football, high school basketball, basketball and some baseball. Some baseball. We didn't do much baseball, but all those things, all those things we, you know, you know. So what we did, what we did that week is, is, is we ran a ran out with no, with no commercials. And, and I think I, I think ran, I ran for three or four days, four days. It was just a trip. Boy, boy, boy. I got all these pictures, pictures from, from all these, all these, uh, uh, families, families. Friends, they sent all kinds of kind of kind of kind of together. together. Actually, actually, my first wife, wife too, too. That I ever yeah. did. Yeah. So, so. Yeah, no, yeah, it's it's definitely a crazy, crazy thing. Um, but that's that's wow. So with all this stuff, kind of back to One Lakes Network, with all the stuff that you've had a chance to to do, get for that particular channel because you obviously yeah. your, your switch over to, to law productions was there, was there something or is there something that like you've heard about as far as like Steuben County's history Angola's history that you would like to get a hold of like getting a hold of that footage or maybe there was something that kind of slipped past you one time eventually yeah there was a guy that had some footage like have you had moments like those with, with the channel yeah yeah there's there's a remember I told you that, that somebody asked me they transferred transfer a film from the 60s. That's what I like to see. I've never seen Angola in the 60s. I've only seen pictures. But he actually has yeah, film with it. Yeah. And um, I'd be interested to get that. I got 20, 30s, 40s, got the 80s. Nice to see the 60s and 70s. Um, yeah, yeah. 
But uh, so when I started the channel, um, there was a need for production. So I started my tell all. First, it was first tell at first. Um, when I when I started in two thousand five, it was called Tell All Productions Channel Twenty. Yeah, and I thought yeah. I thought I needed some branding, so I I got rid of the Tell All Productions and just that became my my corporate business or stuff I did for businesses on the side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's why that's I kept great, it great. because that's why I, I still do that today. I'm still doing uh, video work today, but <clears throat> I stopped. I think I stopped doing it in, in 2015. So, uh, but your question was, so yeah, yeah. Think well, well, the best footage. I don't know, man. It's probably it's a lot. because you, you've, you've captured so much, you know what I mean? And I can only imagine that has to be difficult to try to go through all the many stuff that you probably have gotten a hold of or heard about. But I, I do want to break into, uh, uh, before we get into tell all productions, I do want to break into specifically just maybe some of the marketing and promotional stuff that you've had to deal with, with one-on-one lakes. So like, for instance, you talked about channel 20 and just like the, the, the um, dish and Mediacom, right. And just how that played like a pretty important part um, with channel 20 specifically. Um, because I think that's, I think that's kind of the same, the situation with a lot of public access, right. It's like, you have to have a certain kind of exactly. provider. To, mm-hmm. to be able to use it. Yeah. I remember that was kind of something that I learned about when I, when I was on an interview with the Jeff Landis, I was talking about um, before, yeah. I think he had some weird provider you had to use and it was only at nighttime. You could watch it too. So it was like a very, <laughs> it was kind of odd <laughs> just at times, but um, when YouTube came around, right? Like the, uh, I would imagine when, when, uh, when channel 20 was around media, YouTube was probably just new or maybe wasn't, you know, uh, wasn't as fluent as, of course, as it is now. But like, when you put all the stuff on YouTube, did that kind of open up a little bit more opportunity for you as far as like the yeah. amount of things you're able to get? Because that you don't really anybody, everybody, any and everybody was having had the internet, and they was were able to like you know go on YouTube and view all this stuff. Like, did that give you more more uh, flexibility to have YouTube as at your vessel? Yeah, absolutely. Because I think. The, the first year I, I, I got, I got pretty much on it the first year. So I thought, well, here's a cool way to showcase your work, you know? And what I used to do is, is I would film a commercial. I'd edit it. Then I had to export it. Then I have to make a DVD Then I have to label it and then Ooh. put it in an envelope. Then I have to go deliver it, have them watch it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the two. That's, process is way too long <laughs> i know and then and approve it it's like this sucks i hate doing this you know? <laughs> when this came so out I was like oh my gosh i can send him an email link i can just watch it on the computer there you go perfect perfect that's awesome yeah now nah, youtube youtube definitely helps out so much just any of those video platforms on the internet definitely yeah. helps out a lot and yeah. I, I think honestly like like Dish, Mediacom, like those type of providers, like, you know, for cable and stuff like that. I feel like that is starting to really die out. Sure. Um, it's dying out completely, even though I like, well, no, it's dying out. Yeah. Cause I don't, I haven't watched cable in a long time. Like I like in my apartment now, I don't have cable. I just have the internet specifically. I don't ever watch like TV like that much. If I do, I'm watching YouTube or I'll watch Netflix or whatever, you know, all this, like all that stuff is being baked into a lot of different services and, and technology now. So 
cable is kind of almost obsolete in some ways. But um, but then you think about like Mediacom or Comcast and all those type of companies, they own a lot of the stuff that is creating all these different things for well, different uh, platforms. <laughs> it's funny now they're developing apps. And yeah, yeah. Doing streaming, so a little late yeah. to the ballgame, but yeah, everybody's trying to play catch up. It's interesting, but um, so tell all productions that is what you are currently at the helm of. Uh, with that, I like I said, this kind of goes back to my very first uh statement I put at the very beginning of the podcast is asking about one on one lakes network, and then all of a sudden, I remember you told me, you know, one on one lakes is not around anymore. And basically tell all productions was the new thing. What made you wanted to, what made you make that switch? Like why, what made you get rid of one-on-one lakes, at least that the name and I guess the brand of it, like what made you want to switch into something that was more production based, client based? Well, you know, 2014, I was, uh, you talked about excellence. So I'm going to brag a little bit. Yeah, no, yeah. Please brag, please. Um, in this is the excellent podcast. This is the excellent podcast. Everyone is supposed to brag. <laughs> in 20, 2012, we, we, we did the first stream of sporting events. So we started streaming in 2012. I, I knew this and I was, I was telling my ex-wife, which is my wife at the time. I was saying like, this is where this is going. I was like, I said, every year we're losing because I get the numbers for the cable subscribers. It's going down. So, I mean, you'd have to be a fool not to see what was happening. Um, so it's like I started pushing everything online so I could stream it online. I could still do channel 20 that helps me with getting sponsors. But then I started doubling up. I was doing streaming. Um, then we're putting highlights on, on YouTube. Um, but back then, you know, YouTube was not streaming. Facebook was not streaming. You could only use live stream or stream. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, in 2014, I, I did uh, all the trines. They had a huge softball tournament, and I streamed that, that whole event. I was up in a cherry picker in the outfield. Nice. Just a one-man band. Yep. <laughs> shitty weather. Uh, <laughs> the weirdest weather I've ever experienced in my life. So, like, the first day, it's at the beginning of May. It was, like, 85. Okay. And I got a sunburn, right? So, the next yeah. day, it was 55. The next day it was 43, just a like complete cold and came out of nowhere. And one day the wind was blowing so hard they had to bring me down. So I don't know if you remember, uh, <laughs> there's a, you know, all videographers need to know this stuff. They used to have cherry pickers or uh, scissor lifts yeah. and football. And they would, they would go up and they would film up top, up high. So you could get that nice high angle. Mm-hmm. Well, at, at Notre Dame, uh, one kid was killed. And oh wow, because of the, the scissor lift fell over. And uh, because I remember Whoa, a lot of people yeah. didn't like my Facebook post, but you know, back then I, it was like seven years ago. I said, yeah. I said the coach should be fired for this, uh, Coach Kelly, which he's still the coach of. He said he should be fired, it's his responsibility. There's no reason a kid should die, uh, filming practice, you know what I mean? Oh, it was a practice that they filmed, yeah, it was practice. They used to do oh, damn. On the practice field anyway, but they had to bring me down. It was blowing that hard. And I said, like, I had controls there, but it, the battery was dead. They forgot to plug me in. So, oh man. <laughs> so, oh, just please, uh, bring me down. please bring me down. <laughs> Overall, just a crazy, crazy time. Wow. Damn. I, yeah, I was never five, knew that. Five games. And then, the, and I think on the last day, the weather finally got the, those two days were the worst 
May events I've ever, you know, covered outside. And, you know, these girls had to play in that, but at least they're moving around. Like I'm just stuck in there trying to film, trying to stream. So, but yeah. So in 2015, I decided not, not to do the cable anymore because they were, they decided to, um, I was going to be charged a lot more for the channel. So I just, I thought there was no point anymore. So mm-hmm. um, I was going to stream it online, but I was getting a divorce at the time. There was just too much going on in my life. Yeah. Yeah. Just had to take a, take a, just had to take a step back into, into doing it. Um, but with tell all productions, sorry. Um, no, you're good. But with, with tell all productions, uh you you definitely seem to like kind of go come in with a new brand shake up the look a little bit uh, yeah. give it a more professional look and also go go straight in for wanting to do like promo commercial uh style content for people like what um with that i mean what was your approach like what was the what was the difference in your approach for tell all productions than it was then for uh, one-on-one lakes network well you know when you're when you're running a channel with a lot of content you're running around so what happens when you run around you're you're not you're not as prepared um when you're doing a lot of events your preparation is limited and you're doing a lot of live live events um which which i was transitioning doing more of this uh live stream just you know run, running and gunning kind of thing so yeah that's the stuff i, I missed was was actually like I did this thing at a cemetery, which you may have saw on my channel, which is, um, that's something I planned out for four days of shooting. And, you know, that's something you just couldn't. Hey, can you check it outside? <laughs> All I hear is you, are you making cereal? No. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear that, but it's funny. No, I can hear a little bit. That's funny. Um, but yeah, I mean, so yeah, have you always been like a one man band within Tell All Productions, or like, have you um, tried to expand it out? Or usually, like, what is what? I guess what is your process usually when you do some of these different uh, event coverage or yeah, planning I, out a commercial? I, you know, when I was when I was busy, like I'm I'm basically doing it part time now. Um, I did work at Bestel for a number of years. I was I was doing most of their videos there. But normally, um, normally I always had a PA with me. So um, you probably know Austin, right? Austin Hall. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Austin. It's been a long, long time yeah. since I've spoken to him. But yeah, I, I remember Austin. So he was a he was an intern for me years ago at the yeah. network. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> so he, he's such a great guy, and um, he's a hard worker. And anyway, he was my he's my go to PA. So. Yeah, I always had always had to have a PA. Um, I haven't done anything huge um, since my PBS days, where we had multiple people working on stuff. So yeah, I'm, I'm basically still a one person or maximum two. So yeah, for sure. So with um, most of the stuff that like with Tell All Productions, like I remember me and you worked together uh, one time, and and I honestly forget what it, it was for some event. Like it was an event that I didn't know Angola did. And it was kind of cool yeah. to see that, like them, like, you know, celebrating, giving awards to some of the different local businesses in right. Steuben County. Uh, what was yeah. that event called? Do you remember? Um, back when I was in doing one-on-one Lakes Network, 
I got into all these groups, like um, clubs and stuff, but one of them is the Chamber of Commerce. So each yeah. city has, so Angola has a greater area Chamber of Commerce. So yeah, that was, yeah. that was an event that, uh, um, that they covered. Uh, yeah. So every year they do, like they give out businesses to basically, awards, you're right, to businesses. Yeah. Uh, or people that, that give the most to the chamber. And they usually have a speaker and stuff. So I covered that event for years. Uh, and I think this is a, a one that we'll definitely be able to get into uh, a very good conversation about it. Just the battles of creativity and working in this environment for video, film, and photography in Angola, in Steuben County. Um, so let me kind of walk you into, like, I guess some of my, my struggles and stuff, right? I think when around the time in 2017, when we had worked together that first time, right. uh, well, actually not even before, let me, let me go back into when I first got into back home into Angola after college. So, you know, I graduated from film school, came back to Angola, was hoping it was going to be a, uh, was hoping it was going to be a good experience, but at the same time, I wasn't super excited because I knew that Angola did not have the market for film or video whatsoever. Right no market at all. There's no commercials like that happening, at least not a lot of good ones in my opinion. And there's not too many, there's no films being shot there. There's no music video. So I had to kind of come in thinking, well, what can I do? Right. And who will I meet? You know, there was only one person at the time who I kind of knew about who was doing video that I think most people knew about this guy named Miles Meyer, who I've also interviewed uh, before back when the channel was Stefan's vlogs, but now it's a podcast. You can check out that interview. I'll link that below for people. But um, yeah, I interviewed him or I, I knew about him. And then I started to learn more about more videographers and filmmakers and stuff like that. But most of them are out, always out of Fort Wayne. None of them were really from Angola. So then I think Austin, I actually, I think I worked with Austin one time um, for uh, my cousin who was doing music at the time. And they were doing some stuff. They were filming a lot of stuff while I was in film school. And uh, eventually me and him crossed paths. We met up a few times, had a few meetings and everything. And then he told me about you. And then I knew about a few other people that was doing videos in Angola. Maybe maybe a little bit later on, there's the dude. Uh, and I've never met him personally, but I think his name is Chris Sanchez or, some, or something like that. I think his name is. Yeah, he's not. He's not from Angola. Yeah, he's not from Angola, but he does a lot of stuff with Angola. I know he's from like Warsaw. Oh, he does, he does, uh, yeah, he's from Warsaw. Uh, I know Chris pretty well. He he uh, he does a lot of the tourism bureau for Steuben County, so he does a lot of drone drone work and uh, yeah. But he, he ran their website for years. Yeah, he's a good guy. Okay, yeah, yeah. I've met him, or not met him, but I've I've heard of him and, and kind of seen some of his stuff. And then obviously, like I said, met you and everything. So I remember when me and you had a conversation. Uh, we spoke a lot about just like, or just hearing our conversation, hearing some of your conversations about the stuff that you've done. I felt like me and you both had kind of similar struggles in a way in trying to maybe get the most out of our experience doing this kind of work here in Angola. Um, I would say from my experience, right, working in Angola and trying to do stuff, and I'm going to exclude Fort Wayne specifically because Fort Wayne is where I mainly worked. Um, which would make sense, right? Fort Wayne has is the second biggest city. There's a much bigger market, even though I still don't feel like there's a market for film and video in Fort Wayne. Not yet, at least not for it to be successful in any sort of way or to be thriving how they want it to thrive. Um, but when it came to when it comes to Angola specifically, I think a lot of my struggles is 
and still kind of is now too whenever i try to work back there is that angola the the businesses in angola don't realize that they need commercials they need video marketing to survive in my humble opinion um i think word of mouth is always like an important thing for a lot of these businesses word of mouth is what you know i think still continues to be the number one thing for any business truthfully but when you look at companies such as like that are much more massive than any business in Angola, but like Apple or, you know, Samsung or Sony, or just these companies that make these, make these things that everybody uses in their day to day, or even, even from the, even, even to relate it to something that's that Angola is familiar with, like coffee shops. There's so many damn coffee shops in Angola for no reason. Yeah, now there is. <laughs> so Starbucks, right? Starbucks is now in Angola. It wasn't Angola before took it away. Then they brought it back. um you know they wanted to run it back again but like you know these companies they thrive off of social media marketing especially nowadays and they thrive heavily and and part of that social media marketing is so big with video especially and you start to see how video is starting to become the number one thing like i just heard something i I heard this from somebody on set one time but i think that they were going to switch around instagram to being more video focused um which is interesting i don't know how i feel about that and i love video like that's my that's my career but like marketing wise it being strictly not strictly but just mainly focused on video is going to be an interesting take to see how that goes but um now they're limited to one minute isn't it or two minutes yeah it is limited to one minute but now they have igtv so if you release something that's even larger yeah i can go on igtv and now they have the instagram reels like you know all these companies are really like tiktok instagram facebook they're all trying to compete with each other so it's it's kind of interesting yeah. how how they're blending everything together and everything looks so similar but um my struggles was that a lot of the i, I remember there's one time specifically where i was making a whole business plan of trying to go out to these different companies in angola to reach out to them about doing some commercials for them and I remember I had this whole flyer built out. I had business cards and I would just go into these businesses and ask them, hey, like I'm a filmmaker here in town and give them flyers and all this kind of stuff. And out of all the businesses that uh, that took the opportunity to work with me, it was uh, it was actually funny. It was when WeHop was around, Craig Everidge, uh, Craig Everidge. And I didn't even actually meet with Craig that day. It was with somebody else. But Craig gave me a call back or an email back and said, yeah, let's do something. And then, you know, I, I worked with them. You, people can go check that out. That's on SW Films Vimeo page. But they took a chance. And I thought that was great. You know, and and, and uh, I went to was, high school with Craig, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah. Went to high school. <laughs> so I, I, did, I, like, I did a commercial from years ago for his. Well, he saw he has average auto and he's got. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that's, that's funny. Cool. That's funny. Yeah. Like that was that was such a cool thing. And then slowly there started to be more opportunities. The most recent opportunity I got for a, a company in, out of Angola or Steuben County was actually with Wenzel Metal Spinning. Um, yeah, I saw the, that. Was- thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, That's a with tough Wenzel- environment because it's so dark in there. I mean, I, I, <laughs> yeah. all I, mean I, I've shot in those metal spinning places. It is super dark. It was hard to get. It's hard to get yeah. some clean video. It, it, was, it was tough a little bit. I mean, it, I think, Definitely it worked. I think I had the right kind of camera gear I needed. I didn't really use any, like any, uh, I didn't use any artificial lights at all. Um, that would have been just a little too much, but, uh, with that opportunity, like that kind of just came out of nowhere. Like 
Shout out to Ryan Funkhauser, who was one of my football coaches when I was like a junior and senior in high school. He reached out to my he reached out to my brother's friend. And then my brother reached out to me and said, hey, Funk wants you to go do this and do that and do this. And then I did that. I ended up shooting in Angola and then having to drive to Alabama to shoot some stuff as well for their factory down there. Um, that was really cool. And from that, I, you know, was like, okay, I want to, I specifically am not so interested in trying to film anything in that industrial kind of world. That's not really something that I'm interested in too much, but I think the only other company I would like to aim for in that field would probably be Vestal. I mean, why not go for the biggest guy, you know? Um, but you know, that's of course, it, it just depends on budget and timing yeah, they won't you do know, and schedule. I worked there. Right. They won't do it. Um, which is crazy they should because vestal is no, such they, a they, gigantic company instead of hiring me to do their work they hired me as an employee <laughs> oh wow see that way they could pay me less than my corporate rate would be yeah, yeah that, I, worked there for, I worked there for five years and anyway that's sad that's sad but like I guess basically right with the struggles I've had like I said is, is these companies don't necessarily know what they want they definitely don't know what they want when it comes to social media marketing, video marketing. They don't know how it goes because they don't, they don't, they don't strive to look and, and research and see how it could help them. And I remember when me and you spoke back then, it was kind of the same issue with like some of these companies don't have the money. That's a, another big thing. They do not want to spend the money on, on this stuff of what it costs to make these type of videos and social media marketing. They don't want to spend that money at all. But I remember me and you spoke and we had that conversation and some of those similar situations have happened to you. I mean, would you agree? Would you agree that it's kind of with Angola being such one, not having the having that kind of market at all? Do you agree that it is it is really tough to try to get people to get on board with, I guess, the way of the world now, like social media marketing? Social media is a part of the world and I think it's going to be a part of the world for 10, 20 more years. Like, what do you think? Yeah, there, there's certain people, especially in, um, we have a manu, when you're in a small town, you have a big manufacturing set. So a lot of these companies are not from here. They have one of their branches here. Mm. So it's, it's tough to get, um, especially when you're trying to get into to do, those corporate videos are, you know, they're not great, but they pay well. So trying to get into them, it, it, it can be lucrative for you as, as a businessman, but as maybe not as a videographer, for as an editor you know it's not appealing that way but um so a lot of them have that mindset of they don't need to advertise because they already um whatever they make you know they don't need it yeah <laughs> they feel like they feel like they don't need it because they they have a certain set that they already do so i always try to try to tell people like you want to sell your company not necessarily like what do you do like there was a big push, like the Steuben County Economic Development. They hired me to do some videos back in 2013, basically because they were trying to present um, a manufacturing as um, not just where you start out, start out as and have mm -hmm. a job, but you can actually build a career. So I got to interview people and see how they made stuff. It's just like some of these shows, like how it's made. Um, those kinds of things can be interesting if you can form that in but absolutely yeah but yeah definitely they're um basically because i was everywhere i i, I try to join all these clubs and stuff just so i could just be known so if whenever this came up maybe they'd hire me for a video that's basically what the thought was 
but yeah, you know, you, you knock on a lot of doors too. So, and eventually you knock on enough doors, you, someone's going to say yes. But a lot of times um, you have small towns that have, they have two things. They, you know, I talked about, they have small businesses and they have, have the uh, manufacturing. The small, small businesses might be, might want to do something, but like the middle of the road fa- factories and stuff like that, those are tough. Yeah, they don't want to yeah, market yeah. And just like yeah. Vestal decided they needed a videographer full-time. They never had one before. Right. Um, and like you, I, I, I know a lot of those people that I eventually worked for. And I always ask them like, why aren't you guys like doing videos or doing more videos? Um, well, but even just social have- media, even just social media, like these, these local mom and pop shops and, and all these local, but they're not good at social media. Yeah. Like <laughs> they don't know how, cause here, here's what I have to just to, to all the people that may be listening who are from Angola, who are maybe like older than me. Right. Cause I'm only 25. So I'm a youngin to a lot of people, You are, but, <laughs> but I will say this, right. This is going to sound harsh to people, but like these older folks eventually are going to be gone. And the thing is, is that those people are usually at the head of these types of businesses. Right. And they don't know how to use social media. They don't know how to use Facebook. They don't know how to use Instagram. They don't know how to click the record button half the time on an iPhone or whatever, just to capture something. And I don't say that disrespectfully, but I say that as in these types of things are important to learn to keep your business alive. I think there's a lot of businesses that have died off in Angola and just everywhere in the world who have not focused on how to market themselves the right way. I guarantee you during the pandemic, right? The pandemic was a tough time for so many businesses, especially local small businesses that if they just probably one learned how to reach out to their customers yeah, through social media, through video, they would still be here. I, I, I believe that's I the you, truth. Yeah, I agree. I tell you, one guy that does it and embraces it, there's a guy named Todd Saylor. With Tom oh yeah, Sam. Todd. I, I know Todd and 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 Tom said all those folks. Yeah, they he's on it. He, yeah, he's he he's the shining example I think for entrepreneurs in Angola to be honest, of of how yeah. to keep yourself alive and 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 relevant in this in this in this. Space. And they had that huge block party, uh, which I saw saw some footage of. That was really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I think you captured right. You captured something for Tom's Donuts. Uh, oh yeah, herbs. two years ago. Two years ago, I did some work for him. Yeah, we did a whole, we filmed all, like not all summer, but we filmed Memorial Day, 4th of July, Labor Day. Um, yeah. And then we put a little commercial together for him at the end of that. That's cool. So that was fun. I, I, I taught, when Todd did paid serve, he was a client of mine. So, so he's a good friend of mine. Yeah. I got, absolutely. I got his, uh, I got a couple, couple of his books and a t-shirt. So shout out to Todd, Todd yeah, Saylor. Yeah. Shout out to Todd. I, I might have to interview him one time. I've never, I've never met him personally. I've met Tom many times because he would always show up at football practice. Oh sure, yeah. Back in the day, but like, uh, and and he plus, our, uh, yeah, he was a sponsor of ours for years for football. Oh yeah, uh, football game. So he, I actually got him to. <clears throat> he did play. No, he, didn't, he did color commentary when I used yeah. to announce the game. So that, cool. that was cool having him that year. Yeah, he's a good guy. Um, but yeah, um, social media is the way to go now. I mean, everybody's on it. So everybody, and it's 
it's just the thing is, I think that these businesses, they like social, it's social media is so much more than just making a post. Like when I see some of these businesses, local businesses in Angola, how they communicate certain things or how they put out certain notifications of events or certain products for their products or for their service. It just never sounds appealing to me. And of course there's different audiences for a lot of this stuff. So, uh, you know, but as somebody who loves my hometown, because I, I want to give back. So I want to give back certain things to my hometown and, and, and provide opportunities. I would love to provide, I've always wanted to provide opportunities for these companies to, to look back and be proud at, at something that they're shown for the business. Like with Wenzel Metal Spinning, they really took a huge chance to want to do a video, especially because they are in such an industrial market, sure. you know? And, but what they, what I, what I loved about it and what I told them so many times when they hired me is I said, okay, they're the biggest metal spinning company in the country, which is something I didn't realize until until i got hired on and i didn't realize i was like oh shit they really are a a big deal like they've done stuff they've created stuff for some of the craziest types of industries for like stuff for the military stuff for all these different boeing airplanes and like they've done stuff for even film sets they created something for fast one of the fast and furious movies they've done a lot of stuff and i told them i said well it depends on how you want to be recognized right they are no they are the biggest but do they want to be known as the biggest do they want to like do they want to speak to their excellence as we do at the Excellent Podcast? Do they want to do that? And I think they did it. And I think it was great to create something for them that could really show that. Like, that's why I wanted to make the commercial kind of feel tough. Like, uh, one, of my, one of my inspirations for the commercial was, like, when I look at Ford commercials, like, I really would love to work on a Ford commercial eventually one day. But, like, yeah. Ford, they're Ford tough. Like, they, they have just so much grit and gut in a lot of their commercials. And just, like, it just feels like a tough working environment and i wanted to kind of show that and kind of provide that through uh voiceover and and just the the shots and the cinematography and everything i just really wanted to i wanted to provide that there so you know them wanting to do a commercial i thought was very bold and um i would i would suggest that to any companies listening take those risks i'm telling you it will help you out um it will lead you into better places um most definitely but yeah back to yeah, like you said, I mean, that's a yeah. good point because like we're, you're talking about excellence, like these companies, they have, they have something as a tool to sell. And, yeah. and when you're the biggest or good at anything, I mean, you, you need to sell that. Absolutely. So you can, you can earn more money. So how do you present it in a pamphlet? Here's a pamphlet mm-hmm. of, Hey, here's our, we're the biggest metal spinning. Like, no, you, you show a kick-ass video and yeah. present it to a customer like hey i want to do business with them mm-hmm. that's how it Cause, works because newspaper yeah. radio and even billboards like a lot of that stuff isn't always grabbing people's attention a lot well, it doesn't of excite you it's yeah it doesn't excite exciting. you it's not yeah. exciting plus you don't see that all the time right like i mean you know the, the not a lot of people are buying getting the newspaper like that anymore a lot of people are looking at it on their phone uh, people aren't listening to the radio. People are listening on their phone. People aren't uh, looking at billboards all the time. When they're at their home, they're looking at their phone. So once again, it all, it all goes back to the social media. It all goes back to that aspect of it. But um, to kind of delve more on, like I said, on more of your process, just in trying to get stuff in Angola, like you said that you're part-time now, right? Um, yeah, well, I live, I live in Fort Wayne now. I lived here for three years. So I don't, okay. my mom, my mom still lives in Angola, so um, when I go back, sometimes I'll, I'll 
just fly my drone around when I'm in town or something. Fly yeah. around the mound or fly around the high school. I, I covered the fireworks last year. Yeah. I didn't go this year, but th- yeah, those are kinds of things I do when I'm there. Yeah. I I've seen definitely you've done a lot more drone content. I've seen a lot of that on, yeah. your, on the Facebook page and on YouTube and stuff like that. Um, with you being part time now, though, with it, because um, I think your main your other job is you're a car salesman, right? Yeah, I'm selling cars now. <laughs> selling cars. Oh man. So so you're you're good at trying, you're good at selling to people. You know that that's a good, that's a good skill to have, though. I think working at being a car salesman at least once. Uh, and I've never been a car salesman. And right. you know, I don't I don't really plan on it, but like regardless, <laughs> you you doing that helps out with like selling stuff for even tell all productions, I would assume as well. Well, yeah, I you know it's weird how I, I, when I started a channel, I had to make money. I had to go out and have sales calls. Yeah. So when you go on sales calls, you have to get, sell yourself and sell your business. Yeah. Um, then I started reading sales books and starting to figure out what, how to talk to people in a way that's not uh, condescending or, or making them feel like they're, they're, I'm forcing a decision where they feel like, uh, they feel like, oh, I don't, I'm not sure about this instead of, um, kind of you're not manipulating them but you're trying to see the good in their decision that they're making That's so like a, if anyone buys a car like for example that well i want to look at three other places you know i gotta have something to say when they say that so mm-hmm. just like just like you know when i was selling selling my video channel so i was actually i got my ads on comcast so yeah. Sometimes I present Comcast. They could have this ad on Comcast. So I did this ad for Harold Chevrolet years ago. I'm getting away from the mic here. Um, I did this ad for Harold Chevrolet. And um, and then they ran that on an ad on cable all over uh, DeKalb, Allen County, everywhere. But I could awesome. sell cable ads too. So anyway. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. That's great. And... It's crazy when you talk about manipulation with the with the um with the car salesman because I feel like I feel like before I've been manipulated by car salesmen. <laughs> Maybe Grody Automotive specifically. Uh <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Definitely they would. You know, definitely Grody Automotive. You know, which is funny. I actually want to bring up Grody because now I kind of want to talk about the quality of of some of the commercials and stuff that have been in Ang- in Angola in like in just local spaces, right? Because when I think about local commercials, they all have the same exact kind of look to me. And like Grody is, is literally the, probably the most shining example for local commercials in Northeast Indiana. His commercials are so terribly awful. And like they're awful, but like they get a lot of people's attention and people know who the fuck Grody is. And that's, that's his whole goal. I mean, that's his whole, his whole goal. goal. Just to be known, and he's a wacky guy. Hey, I'll drag it, pull it in. I mean, he's yeah. got his guy in the background, I and mean, whatever the theme is every month, like it's it's crazy. <laughs> like like the funniest, <laughs> the funniest commercial I saw I ever seen from him. It looked like he was trying to be serious about something. Like it was like a documentary style, like interview shot, very nice lighting. Like it looked really different from the high contrast or the low contrast is overblown, ugly green screen type of mess that you usually see with Grody. It looked really, really good in one shot. And then it went straight to the wackiness again. 
I thought that was actually really genius because it's like, okay, he's a character. Like he's yeah. a, he's a character, and he's he's selling what makes people want to go to Grody, which is hilarious to me because I've I've gotten a car from Grody once before, and then my mom and dad I think have gotten cars from Grody before. I don't know. I had to, I'd have to ask them like, why the hell did you guys get cars from them? But from him, but like, um, like his idea is you would you want to go to this you want to go to this the the place the the lot to try to see and meet him because like he just his wackiness it makes you feel good it makes you laugh and uh it, it, that makes you feel good about what he's selling a little bit yeah. um I, his commercials though are awful i mean <laughs> i don't know you think about them but i think they're bad uh and i think he knows that they're bad too but yeah. um it's 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 just something but like with the quality of local it's, commercials like it's way back his 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 style is kind of like the 80s or 90s when you had a wacky car guys and yeah you know slashing prices or cutting up the signs and stuff like yeah, that. yeah yeah exactly well yeah just that is true that is true it's, there's a bit of nostalgia i never thought about that like there is a really big part of nostalgia because a lot of those old commercials for like restaurants and, and, and cars, you know, car lots and all this kind of stuff. That is true. I guess that does kind of bring back to his wackiness in a lot of ways. I mean, even other folks like Bob Roarman, like that guy, <laughs> like even his, just, just like people call these jingles, like it is smart. Right. And I think what makes it smart is those people are like the helm of, they're the face of these car lots and all this kind of stuff. And he, owned, have, he owned like, well, he's passed away now, but he owns, um, I would say, thirteen to fifteen car lots. So that Bob Rorman thing, he would do not just here in Fort Wayne. He would do it in Chicago, wherever else he had car lots. So that's crazy. That's and nice. now it's I mean, Ke- Kelly Kelly Chevrolet. They have they have a big, they have lots of car lots here. Now now, oh, yeah. well, the reason why we're probably talking about car lots not because I'm a car salesman, but they they advertise the most. Yeah, they that is true. Absolutely. They advertise the most and it's like they, I feel like when I think of local commercials, I I instantly go into thinking about car, the car commercials for these car lots. Um, And, and I'm not talking about the ones that'll usually put, throw in some like, you know, stock footage of certain cars. Cause a lot of car lots will do that now too. Sure. They get that. They get that from Ford or GM. They, they just hand it to them. Yeah, exactly. They'll just hand them some different stock footage. You're not getting the, those types of shots where they're running that close to a car. Getting Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just worked on a car commercial recently. I just worked with a, I worked on a commercial for Turo. If you've ever heard of that app, it's like, it's like Airbnb for car rentals. Like people can. Yeah. Yeah. I know cars. exactly what that is. Yeah. Yeah. I worked with so you them. Can, you can rent someone's car for a week, but right. Yeah. Or for yep, I, I love it. It's definitely a really good, a really good app. I like it. I don't know if I'd ever rent out a car, but I've rented a car before from there and it's really cool. But just seeing how that was my very first car commercial I've ever been on, like a real professional one. Like we were filming in the streets of San Francisco and at Stinson oh, cool, Beach. Man. Cool. All these, they had the whole, the ultra arm, you know, they have the blacked out Audi or Porsche and they have the whole camera crane arm on it. It's funny. We actually, uh, the, the camera crane actually hit a parked car on the road when we were filming. That was kind of funny <laughs> uh, to see. That was really cool. But with, with those type of like, like uh local commercials right when you start to tell all productions or when you go about working for clients does that ever cross your mind to think like okay i don't want my video to look anything like grody because when i did sw when i when i for sw films one of my main things that i've always said 
is every vision made with cinematic excellence. That's my that's my slogan. And that right. means I really want to bring out I want every commercial, local commercial to feel like something that would be on playing during the Super Bowl. Like I want it to have that feel. I want it to be cinematic. Mm-hmm. I want it to have story. I want it to evoke emotion. I want it to I really want to affect people's emotions when I'm trying to convey something for a product or a service for these companies or brands. So does that something that's crossed your mind too when you think about I guess creating something or, or are you kind of more like a, in a streamlined process where you want to give the client hey, hey, what they want or and and keep it at that? It really depends on the client, I guess, because sometimes they want to be in it. And it's sort of your job as a producer sometimes to either talk them into it or talk them out of it if they're not a good public speaker um, or if they're not <laughs> yeah. very good on, if they're not good on camera. Um, yeah. Um, there's there, the company I work for now. Um, I need to do their videos. I really should. And I've already yeah. asked the owner. Like, I already work for you. I could do way better than what your guys are doing. Yeah. Um, because the problem is he's got a son with him and his son is a nice, nice kid, but he, he didn't, he doesn't look comfortable. You can tell he looks a little mm-hmm. nervous when he's, and it's your job as a producer to, to relax him. Like, yeah, look, just relax. You know, I get him talking before, you know, before we roll, you know, we're joking around. I just want to get him loose, you know, just, just so they're, you know, you don't want them to look like this when they're talking. And we have all these great car deals. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, I've seen that before, yeah. Loose, you know? yeah. But yeah, that's well, part of your job is um, as a producer is to get people loose. And, and all the people I've interviewed over the years, um, especially if you're doing commercial work. Um, I, I've had a client where he wanted to be on and then I put it together for him and I had to go up to him. I was like, it just doesn't work. Like we got to do something else. Yeah. And then it might've been, I might've felt nervous saying that, but I felt like it's my job to tell him that too. Like you got I'm, to. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't like having them all in the commercial. I'd rather have, I'd rather have someone else voice it and have a nice stream because I don't feel like someone talking unless they're the face of the company that they should be in every commercial. Now Brody does that. Um, I wonder how many takes it takes him to do that. You know, uh, probably a lot. Probably well, it, probably a lot. I feel like, you know, because Gro- even though Grody's such a very charismatic person, I, I feel like, I feel like is I feel like it's probably not always an easy process. Maybe trying to work with him in in getting these lines right and all this kind of stuff. I mean, it, it, it's it's that's to be expected. But um, yeah, I agree yeah, with I, you though. I agree with you. Yeah, I think it's. Yeah, I think it's. I, if, I, if I'm doing the same thing in every commercial, then I really need to do something else. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's my issue with a lot of like local commercials that I see, you know, me doing the stuff, the, the pro, being the part of the products that I've been a part of, like, I'm very high on gratitude. I'm very high just on the, the growth of myself when it comes to this industry. Like, you know, I came in and and created my own opportunities in Angola, Indiana, and in Fort Wayne, Indiana, and then you know I've led myself to California and I've worked on some of the biggest things. Like I've seen the highest level of production when it comes to film. Like I worked on yeah. Matrix, I worked on Matrix Four, which I don't know when the hell that comes out, but that comes out hopefully soon. Um, I worked on Shang Chi, which comes out this weekend. Which by by the time this podcast is out, most people have already been known this. I've worked on Shang Chi. What, what were you doing though? How are you involved in those? So I was a I was a PA on all those shoots. 
Um, but like I was more of like, so on Shang-Chi, I was kind of like a PA. I was kind of working with the drone team a little bit. I was working with all the camera teams. So like they had to mess with the, go ahead. How did they find you? I mean, are you on a, do you know the right people that could hold you now? Basically, basically how it goes out here. And I would say it always goes with anywhere is just like, you know, just networking with people. Like, so the reason I moved out to California in the first place uh, one was to be to, to gain just a higher level of, of my work and a higher opportunities and stuff like that, because, you know, as much as as much as Indiana was a great place for me. Well, I would say great place, but as much as Indiana was like home and I felt very comfortable working there, uh, I still wasn't getting a lot of the stuff that I wanted. You know, it kind of goes back to those struggles is like when I work with certain companies, like when I worked with WeHop, for instance, we, you know. Craig and and I and I you know shout out to Craig, but you know I think Craig sometimes might he don't want to spend so much money, you know? Oh, no. and, and even though that was my very first commercial ever that I had directed and shot and edited, you know I I think most of my career I have not been paid what I'm worth, and now that the, now that I've been now that I've been a part of such of these big productions like I was a, I was the second second assistant director on this uh, Kendrick Lamar music video in L.A recently that just came out that was like the biggest thing in my career because i was a an assistant director on that um so i had a really big role in that and that was also just a crazy crazy thing for me because that's like an idol of mine to work with you know him and all that kind of stuff so that was huge but being a part of like matrix and also worked on venom 2 i worked on matrix and venom 2 in the same month that was also just crazy that was like right before the pandemic started and then are you are you in a union or are you a freelance then I'm free. So I'm freelance. Yeah. So I'm freelance. Okay. And then, you know, I have my production company, SW Films. And then I'm also a part of another production company called Black Reels. But um, I'm not a part of any unions yet. And I don't know if I'll get it's, it's going to be a long time before I get into the union. Uh, even to get into a union as an as an AD, it takes a really long time. So yeah, I know it does. That's why I was curious. Super, mm-hmm. super long time. Now I could hop into, you know, you, they have the unions for like a lot of the construction guys or the show pro guys, like the journeyman. Like if I wanted to jump into like doing G and E stuff, I could probably get into there at a certain amount of time or stuff like that. But I strictly want to stay in the directing realm. So I don't have really gotcha. an interest in hopping in those other unions, but basically it's just like now, you know, I have a cousin out here who's a, who's a filmmaker and he's very highly respected. He's worked on a lot of big projects and, and is a very successful person. Oh, cool. You got some family there. Good. Yep. Yep. Shout out to Hilton day. But um, basically I was working with him a lot. And then after that, I kind of built my own network and now I haven't really worked with him as much. And now it's just like random people will call you sometimes and be like, Hey, we need a PA or Hey, we need. Oh, this, gotcha. This, cool. this. So it just kind of comes up like that. But basically, you know, I guess what I was saying to kind of go to all that is like, turn it down. Sorry. <laughs> Oh, you're good. Uh, Yeah, go ahead. That's all I'm hearing. It's all good. Um, But basically, like with all of that, I'm I'm such a stickler on the quality of certain certain stuff, and I always try to strive to to give my best quality, even with projects that I really don't like doing. Because I think we all have projects that we shot before that we just like yeah i really don't like this i hate this it's kind of that's not, not one of my favorites yeah. you know um yeah, sure. so, it's, sometimes you gotta let go as an editor and just say right <laughs> it's like there's nothing more you can do yeah you spend like three more hours on stuff and 
That still looks the same. Yeah, exactly. So it's like sometimes you got to let let go of just that. You're not married. You can't be married to a project, you know. And I think that's just right. Then, I, and as soon as it's over, then you just let it go. Um, yeah, you know, on but, the next one. But yeah, I never, I, I never want to. I never want to look back and think, "Oh my gosh, could have got all this or da da da." That's how your head works. If I just right. would have had this one shot, or if I just would have had this person be in this right position. So, right. It's, it's, it's a lot. And I think, you know, once again, I think that kind of leads into the last, not the last few questions is just the collaboration. I remember me and you had spoken about one time and we never, we never actually delved into that conversation at all during that time. But we, I remember you had asked one time to to like team up, I believe during, during that time. And we never had uh, an ending conversation to that. Yeah. Um, I remember that. I kind of forget maybe what my response was, but I think at the time and even now still is like now, like when I was in Angola doing a lot of the stuff that I was doing and I was trying to get more commercial work and, you know, I wanted to work with all these different kinds of people from Angola as far as the businesses goes. And, you know, I was, I was working with a few people, but it's like a lot of people, sometimes they want to see your worth a lot. You know, people want to see what, what kind of stuff you've done. And like, once again, you have to really, you have to really twist into someone's brain to let them, to make them realize that, you know, video marketing and all that stuff is, is needed. But um, I've always looked at myself, I guess, as being, uh, I guess I wanted to, my, my projects and the work that I wanted to do, I wanted to be much larger than Angola. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't want to stay in Angola and, and kind of be stuck to just servicing them because there wasn't really much to service because of maybe just some of the arrogance of some of the businesses and also maybe just the individual brands and people, you know, there's not too many musicians or a whole lot of creatives really in Angola like that. Um, well, you got those businesses are chains too. So they don't, they don't need a market. You know what I mean? So yeah. Because they got you Starbucks know. or McDonald's, they don't need to advertise. So. Right. Yeah. Now, Starbucks, when it comes to those companies that are, are just franchises, I don't even go, you don't even go to the, to them, you know, I know. I know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you got to go to the agencies. Like I've worked with, I did well, a commercial. Yeah. Howie, yeah. howie, Oh, really? You did, like, you, yeah, no, yeah. That's <laughs> it's 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 crazy. Like you know, you got to go to like agencies. I've worked with like Chipotle. I did a co- commercial with Chipotle recently, or about probably a month or two ago. And it's funny, it, it, Jerry Rice. And then this kid named Trey Lance, um, who's a quarterback for the 49ers, they were both a part of it. Yeah, like those are yeah, yeah. Trey Lance was was super cool to meet. He's I think he's gonna be a star. And then Jerry Rice, yeah, yeah that's awesome. That's awesome. Jerry Rice yeah. is literally just like he is a legend. Being yeah, around yeah. his energy and his vibe was it was incredible um he definitely he brings he motivates everybody that he's around like he's he's that kind of guy right um but yeah i mean you know like i said my i think most most of the stuff that i wanted to do i wanted to be further outreaching uh than angola i mean with you with you now with tell all productions and where you're at now i mean do you think that you eventually want to kind of create something outside of or something i guess much at a much bigger much bigger production rate or something like that. Like you want to basically create something that's bigger than Angola. We'll say just bigger than the stuff that you've been doing now. Yeah. I, I think that's natural. Uh, yeah. There's, there's like two things I'm, I'll be doing soon that 
that are, are going to be difficult to do, but I think I can do it. So, um, yeah, I don't know if you saw the uh, Dallas Cowboys has they're doing the inside the training camp hard knocks. Yeah. Well, they took a drone to the whole facility. I don't know if you've seen this footage. What's happening? Drone in the facility. They call it. You got to see this, man. It is awesome. Yeah. It, they start from the outside and they and they fly all the way around the practice through through the whole facility. It's like four minutes long. Yeah. And it's like some of the most amazing drone work I've ever seen in my life. They fly fly it through a Ford truck. Um, they Crazy. fly to the outside and they go inside. They go into the meeting rooms. It's all one yeah. shot. There's no cuts at all. It's one yeah. shot. Anyway. That's yeah. They probably have the FPV drones. A lot of people are doing that now. Like they're cr- there's this guy named Johnny, Johnny FPV. Yeah. And I wonder if he did that because Johnny FPV is one of the best, if not the best oh, yeah. drone Definitely. operator I've ever. It probably seen. is. Him. Yeah. Cause he's done some ridiculous stuff. Like I, I heard that took him, I heard it took him 15 takes to do it. But it was, it was amazing. Yeah. But if, if you don't get amazed by it, I, I still get amazed by video still. And Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm always, I'm always wondering how they did it. So then you kind of absolutely. Do, could I do that? Well, sure you could. Okay, you need a lot of practice, but yeah, stuff like that. Anyone could do it. Absolutely. Now, that's true. I mean, that that's the like I always get even though I'm such, such a stickler now and just like I, I when I watch a movie or watch certain things I'm like thinking about how they did it how they yeah. did it how they shot it what was the I wonder what the PAs were doing during this shot like st- stupid shit like that that a lot of people the normal folks would never you know would care about but like yeah, I always get amazed when I watch music right. like even when I worked on this Kendrick Lamar video music video like that still it was surprised me all this stuff like that we that we did that how it came together like it was like oh shit like this is kind of wild how this got edited together this is kind of crazy how just right. the vibe of it like just there's always certain stuff especially movies uh always always surprises me but sure the pacing of a scene like how many times do they edit in one scene yeah. people don't count though sometimes i count I'm like i wonder how many cuts are gonna have here one two three you know it's it's a lot so yeah. with with everything you know talking about how you know how tough it is for Angola I guess what would be your advice to people that may be listening who honestly who are probably from Angola from Steuben County who are interested in doing video um because you know like like I said there's only been a few of us that are, who come from Angola who yeah. do this type of work so like you know there's you there's me there's um shout out Austin Van Wagner has done some stuff like wedding videos um who else uh, I wouldn't really throw Chris Sanchez in there, but he does a lot of stuff in Angola, so I would throw him in the mix too. What was that kid you on the lake there? Didn't you interview some kid on the lake? Oh yeah, it was Grant Cordy. Um, Cordy, yeah, that's it. Grant Cordy. Uh, I haven't seen anything from him in a while, so I wonder if he's still doing stuff. But well, I think he is actually because I think he he actually I seen asked some of his lake stuff. Like yeah, lake. yeah, no, he he actually is still doing stuff because he did ask to be a part of one of my productions when I was home recently, but. Um, yeah, there's like a small few amount of people. And and I think the, the toughest thing for everybody in Angola when it comes to staying around the area or staying, trying to do stuff in Angola is people don't know how to break out of those creative barriers. Um, I think it's very, very, very possible to create something that'll really catch the attention of people in Angola to the point to where they, they're going to look at it, they're going to support. 
I think every single one, every, everybody, I'm going to say me and you, right? Me and you have, have had that for you creating one-on-one links network and really bringing like this type of history to the eyes of people is one of those moments. I think, I think that's so, that's so huge because nobody else could do that besides you. You know what I mean? I think that's really cool that you have that opportunity to give that to people. You know what I mean? And then when it comes for myself, I think it's just the fact that being from a very, very small town, being a black man from a very, very small town and being able to, to be at the, that these levels of production. um, Yeah. It's kind of, and and work and work with these types of celebrities and all these different crazy types of people. There's not a lot of people in Angola that can do that. No, or can say that, you know, and of course, that's why I always want to get back to my hometown. Like I, I eventually want to try to bring like a networking event to, to Angola because there's not I feel like a lot of creatives in Angola, entrepreneurs, they don't uh, know each other. They don't know each other at all. You know that, um, you know, that guy, God, I can't remember. He's, he's got a place on Clear Lake. You, you know about him? He was in the, uh, um, you, you remember when GoPro came out with uh, Karma? It was their. Oh, uh, Rory Kramer. Is that what you're saying? Kramer, that's it. Kramer. Yeah. I would throw him in the mix too. And, and I think I found that he did. He's, he, he, um, he got, uh, he got the chain Justin smokers. Bieber, chain smokers. He had just yeah, come out here. They came to uh, the venue because of him. Yeah. And Justin yeah. Bieber came. Same thing. Yeah, no, yeah. Their videos. Yeah, no, he's not from here, but you know. Yeah. But that's what I was about to say. He, he's. I think he's. They said he's from Michigan somewhere, which makes sense since it's close to Clear Clear Lake. But I would throw him in the mix too. I guess he he is one of those types of people. Um, but like. It's just like there's there's only like a small few amount of people that have that ha- that can give that type of um, give that type of product to people. And I think um, everybody is trying to find their own way. And I think right now, as I build up my brand and as I continue to work on all these different things and, and, and everything, like I think it all is coming together eventually to start. Good. Making Angola a, a, a much more recognizable place. But what would be your advice then for people that want that that are in those in these creative barriers? Like, what would be your advice to to help them break out of it? Well, if if they're in any small town, you have to find. Oh my gosh! Hang on. <laughs> oh, my son's calling me. <laughs> I probably got five more minutes, but then I got to go. But uh, that's all good. Yeah, this is the last question. Okay. Um, Take two. <laughs> yeah. So when when you're in any small town, you gotta you gotta find something unique about that small town, and and every small town has <laughs> every. I'm getting bombarded right now. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's fine. I got to I got to run out real quick after okay. before I get you. Okay? Okay. All right, bye. bye. All right. All right. <laughs> Take 3, last question. Hey. Yeah, any small town has something unique about it. So, um just in our area, I mean, I kind of told you a little bit about there's so much history around the lakes. Uh there's these big lakes. And they all have hotels. They have all this kind of history that that 
it's kind of interesting to find out, out about. So any small town has, has a unique feature. So you got history, you got lakes in our area. Um, and I don't, do you know much about Fox Lake, that history? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. One thousand percent. Yeah. So th- that was a vacation spot for African-Americans for years. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, there are some remnants. There is a small uh, dance hall that's abandoned. It's still there. So yep. I know the, the exact one. Yep. You know where it is? Yeah. Yep. So that, that's a unique part of our history and, and of American history. So every little town has something like that. Um, it doesn't have to be history, but there's a... Uh, unique feature about that history then um maybe you got you got the biggest water slide in the state in your small town see so you explore that you know you gotta find something um and you're you're out and maybe you're in the mountains you have all that beautiful terrain out there so um you gotta find your voice i guess and it, it, it doesn't have you don't it doesn't mean you have to stay there but you, you can find something unique about that area and capitalize on it and you can create something out of it that's my advice that would, that I would say to someone younger. To find your voice, absolutely, and that's one thousand percent. I think that's I think more people in Angola and these small towns, but specifically Angola, because that's that's where we're from. Like that is yeah. is is to find the voice is important um, because a lot of a lot of the small towns sometimes have small town mentality that comes with it. Right. So a lot of people don't want to explore other options and and. And their mind, you know, not having an open mind about certain stuff, it's important to to take in the right information and uh, to build your voice around that information as you grow. And at least uh, I would agree. Yeah, at least try. You at least got to make give it a shot. Yeah, but I got to create a documentary with no experience at all. I mean, other than yeah. being a PA documentary. So you just you learn so much when you when you work when you're working. Yeah. And you're doing doing different things and trying different things. And I could try this next time. You you learn from each experience. So Absolutely. if you don't try, then how can you learn? Well, you know, like I said, Trent, you you are a very great example of breaking out of that barrier. Like it is it's great to hear the story of working at this job. You're in the field, you were doing good enough, started your own thing with one on one likes network, you quit that. And then and just starting building up ever since then. So that is actually that's that alone is already the example and advice for us. So keep on going for it um, to yeah, end you off. I mean, this, you're, you're, you're still young. I mean, you, and you're, you're you're doing it. So keep going at it. One thousand percent, man. Absolutely. To end off the podcast, where can people watch your excellence? Where can people reach out to you? Give me some social medias um, and I can link them here so people can find your stuff. Uh, tell all productions tel which is my initials that's how i came up with that tel is my initials uh dash all all productions with an s Sweet. and you can search that on youtube i got about almost two thousand subscribers i've got five of my documentaries on here that i've done and there's probably close to 700 videos i'm guessing a lot of videos yeah <laughs> a <laughs> lot not so much lately but there's more coming soon because that's great. I got, I got an interview coming up with a Afghanistan war veteran. Oh, um, wow. So I just want to get his take on what's going on in Afghanistan, which is all over the news right now, obviously. Yep. Man, that's great. Awesome. Well, thank you, Trent, for being a part of this podcast. Yeah, thanks, thank buddy. You to, yeah, absolutely. Thank you to everybody who's listening and watching. Uh, make sure to go subscribe 
to the excellent podcast and subscribe to SW Films. And we will see you on the next episode. Take care, everybody.